Hello and welcome to Creekcast. I have been, I've not been, I am Marcus. <laughs> I am Josh. I have been and still am Ray. And uh, yes, we still have Ray here. Yeah. And, uh, we want to thank you for joining us for this <laughs> Taco Tuesday. We're glad you guys have joined us for this Taco Tuesday. I hope you find you a taco somewhere, some shape, some fashion. Breakfast taco, lunch taco, taco you know, salad, taco salad, fish taco for me, fish taco, even a dessert taco. College, Ch- you know. a choco taco yeah choco taco just you know we, lo- we love our tacos and so find you a taco somewhere some shape some fashion but we are going to continue on our study in the book of matthew uh, we are wrapping up chapter 23 as we look at verses 27 through 39 um, as jesus really laying into the scribes and pharisees and this is where we probably get these most facet or famous passages throughout this chapter of Jesus starts off with how they are like whitewashed tombs, which appear outside on the outside are beautiful, but are dead on the inside. I mean, talking about like harsh words right there. That's a harsh word, you know, Yeah, that you're dead, unclean, dead like bones, but you look nice. (laughs) (laughs) And he compares them to, how they've been trying their best not to be of the people from old because they're like, oh, we'd, we'd haven't murdered the prophets or anything like that. And Jesus is like, no, you're exactly like those people. God has sent people to try to get your attention and you have completely missed it. You are a brood of vipers. You know, you are, you've, you've, like how it says, you serpents, you brood of vipers, how you, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? Like Jesus here at the end is really laying into them of, hey, this is not going to turn out well for you guys. Like you need to get your attention. Like turn to, turn to, to me. Like verse 31, where he says, so you testify against yourselves that you're descendants of those who are, they're claiming they're not. Yeah. They're saying, but your very life, your very words testify against you. Yes. Yeah. And then he finished up the section with lamenting over Jerusalem, how they've laid, it's laid desolate, how, you know, it's missing, but he's, there's that hope. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, Hey, it's, it's time. You know, it's time for things to get, turn back to to being right. Verse 37, I would love how you get a glimpse of God's heart. You know, all the hurt, all the pain he's experienced already, all the attacks, the traps, the tricks, and yet his heart is still for Jerusalem and his heart's broken for them. Oh, yeah. And I can't help but, you know, if I'm honest with myself, how often is that true of me when I look over Bardstown, I look over Bloomfield, Springfield, or all this area, is my heart broken for this area like God's heart would be? Am I, do I have the heart to gather them together uh, that they might come to know Christ just like Jesus had for Jerusalem? Yeah. And that's, yeah, do we have the heart for our community? And that's a huge thing is so many times we can feel like we're isolated, especially right now, you know, but do we have the heart for our community to see people get saved? Yeah. You know, um, one of my buddies that I worked with, he always had the saying of, you know, as a church, we do not share the gospel for one of two reasons. Either one, we do not believe that the people deserve the gospel. Or two, we don't feel like God can actually change our lives. It's like, man, that's just, that's harsh, but it's truth. Yeah, truth to that. You know, as a church, do we share the gospel because 
do we feel like, well, those people don't need it, or do we feel like God can't change them? Man, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, kind of back to the being hypocrites as well. Um, you know, when I think the ultimate result of being a hypocrite, of a religious hypocrite, um, is, you know, you believe you do not need God because you're good enough on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, that's a dangerous path, um, you know, when you're only worried about what people see uh, on the outside, but neglect on what's going on on the inside. Um, that, that, that's the picture of that, that tomb. Uh, you know, if you look, if you think of tombs that have people buried, you know, as families or whatever, they look super nice on the outside. But I guarantee you, if you go in there, one, it's going to stink like like, oh like death. Uh, two, it's not the most nicest. It's going to be no. dark. It's going to be dungeon yeah. spider webs. You know, it's going to be disgusting. Um, and that's kind of what this is. This picture is, is, you know, you can make people look really nice and uh, make it seem like you're a good person and uh, doing all these great things. But at the end of the day, has God changed your inside? Because it's a, you know, the salvation is an inside job. It's, it's yes. And it's not a outside to the inside. It's an inside to the outside. Yep. So. Yeah, I think, too, he talks about, I think he sees the city and he's been addressing the Pharisees, obviously, in there. You see a group of people who, unfortunately, have been deceived by the Pharisees. They've looked to them for hope and for answers, and the Pharisees have led them astray. And I think how true that is, is we look at our communities and you see people, we get frustrated. And sometimes can't you see the truth, but you realize they've been led astray. They've been deceived by other people, either by false teachings of those who say, you know, if you keep these rules or these guidelines or you jump through this hoop or this hoop or you keep the sacraments or you're baptized as an infant or whatever. And all they know is what they've been told, but they've been led astray. Sometimes we get frustrated with them. But if we realize, really, they are victims of a spiritual war and a spiritual battle who have been deceived. And rather than getting frustrated and angry with them, if we would see with compassion that they're victims of that and hope and prayer and sharing with them that they would come to know Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus points um, out that the scribes and the Pharisees are so well not so they are hypocrites um and because of their um perfectionism and their message of to be perfect um has killed them very internally um and the result of that um like they are they are dead and decaying inside um and so much that they didn't even realize um when god sent the, the prophets and uh, to them and uh, they even killed the God's yeah. messengers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, I, not that I, I will ever get there, but I hope I never become that much of a hypocrite that I don't even recognize what God is doing in my oh, life. Oh man. Yeah. Could you imagine how, <clears throat> and like you said earlier, they might not even realize this because it's just a, I'm sure it doesn't go overnight of, well, boom, I'm just going to be a hit, but yeah. Is that slowly fade? Mm-hmm. When we look at Paul, who said he was the Pharisee of Pharisees, yeah. you know, it took a drastic realization from God to realize what he was doing was wrong, because he slowly got into it. Mm-hmm. You know, is that that old analogy of the best way to boil a frog is to turn yeah. up the temperature slowly? You know, we slowly fall into sin until we realize we we don't realize how deep we are until somebody brings it to our attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what we've been saying again and again. Self-righteousness is blinding. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah, but j- just again showing who God is, even through that, even though who they are and the hypocrite they are, God's still saying, I will still accept you if you accept me. Um, you know, and just, just the fact that that's who God is. It's the loving God that there's still a way for you to change before it's too late. Um, you know, because once, obviously, once they die, they can't change anything. Right. Yeah. Um, but he's like, listen to what I'm trying to tell you. You can change. You can do this, but you have to accept it on my terms. And uh, I just think that's crazy that even though, one, they're, he's, they're trying to trip him up. They're, they've been trying to ask him questions to get him to say something that's not true or um, against what he said before. Um, you know, they're, you know, preaching this message of perfectionism to the, these people. And yet God is like, that's okay. Yeah. I forgive you. I accept that, that you've messed up, but accept this gift. Accept what I'm trying to offer you. Yeah. Well, you find guys like a Nicodemus who was a Pharisee. Yeah. Who would come to find Christ. Yeah. You know, when he first came searching in John 3, he wasn't completely sure of truth. But you see later when it comes time for the resurrection, um, he's there. He's there. He's yeah. the body off. He's there. And so you see there are some who would repent. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you get to Revelation and, man, you talk about the wrath of God being poured out. Oh, yeah. The judgment of God. But in the midst of it, every time you still, you would see, but they would not yet repent. But they would not repent. So even in the midst of him pouring out his wrath, there still is the heart of God who wants repentance and yeah. desires that and gives the opportunity for it. And I know some would disagree with me a little bit because there's different views on the time of tribulation. But right. <laughs> during that period of time, if I understand the scripture correctly, there are people even during that time of tribulation who will repent and yeah. come to know Christ. And, and so you see, even in the midst of it, God's heart for repentance. Yeah. God loves people. Yeah, and, and he wants to see them come to know him. And he will never waver from that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where we can take a great example from Christ of, because uh, if I was God, which is why I'm not God, uh, <laughs> I would have stopped a long time ago trying to get these people to see what God is oh, yeah. doing. You know, like, I don't think I would have made it through the book of Genesis. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm done with you guys. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Like after the flood, if they still would have got back to the point that they were, I was like, all right, that's just it. You guys, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even just the, this, if you just take this passage, after like the third questions they ask, I'm oh, like, yeah. okay, you're not understanding what I'm trying to tell you. I'm done. Yeah. Like, no. And that was like two, a chapter, like a whole chapter ago. Yeah. Um, and God is still saying, whoa, listen to what I'm saying. Whoa to you hear what I'm the words that I'm coming that are coming out. I'm trying to give you the hope and the truth of the, of the Bible. And uh, they, they, I just, they don't get, they don't get it. It. his patience and his love for people is, I, I would say is ev- so evident here with these Pharisees and yes. the scribes and, um, and whatnot that it kind of makes my love for people look like I'm not doing enough at all. Yeah. Yeah, for me, just be more patient. Yes. If I'm not careful, I can get impatient with people and get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I'm, I'm moving on. Yes. Yeah. 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 Now look at the end of verse 37. And, and to me, those are some of the most haunting words in scripture. But you were not willing. Yeah. Yeah. That's my that's heart. Just, but you weren't willing. You weren't willing. You want yeah. And that's just, yeah, it, yeah. Like you said, that's haunting, chilling, just. Yeah. I think a lot of times God, that's all God wants is us to be willing to do something. Not necessarily to actually do it. But just be willing, yeah. it, it, and that's hard for us as humans. Um, I mean, we we are to be willing to share the gospel with whoever comes in our in our in our lives. Yeah, um, and that could be just some random guy from Walmart to our 
brother in Christ that's come to church for years that, you know, or uh, our mom or our dad or brothers or sister, or actual sister, you know, um, but are, but you weren't willing. That, that yeah. yeah. That's hard. Yeah. I mean, because you think about it of how many times God's called us to do something. We're like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so for in here, obviously, context of the gospel, when you tie it back to Romans chapter one, where they suppressed the truth, they rejected the truth, they weren't willing. Yeah. God offered, he's made his testimony evident everywhere, but they weren't willing. They weren't willing. Yeah. And I think we sometimes take that to heart a little too too much or too word for word because it's, uh, I'm not going to share the gospel with this person because they're not going to be willing. But at the end of the day, you're not willing to share the gospel. Yeah. So it's like, have them make that choice, not you make that choice for yep. them. Exactly. Tell you what, that was one of the lessons I learned. God gave me the chance for five years in a row. And during the summer, we would spend two weeks in southern France and southern Spain sharing the Christ with Muslims. Oh, wow. And uh, it was amazing. We, in that two-week period of time, would hand out uh, easily two to 4,000 packets of the gospel. Wow. They were hungry for the gospel. And one of the things we learned is you can't pick and choose who's going to hear. You, know, you see this this lady comes up and she's wearing, wearing the full burqa and all you can see is just a slit for her eyes, all in black. And you're thinking, there's no way. Or this guy who's dressed in full garb and he kind of has this mean look to him. And you're thinking, no way. And they're the very ones who take the gospel packet. And then people that looked, oh, that guy, he'd take it. He looks, you know, friendly. And he's the one who rejects and spit at you and yell and scream at you. And so it helped us learn we aren't the ones to decide who's going to accept and reject. So if God puts them in your area, you share the gospel with them. But I've kind of learned that's across the board. But that was a good visual lesson for me. It's not for me to pick and choose who to share with. If God puts them in my circle of influence, then they're there so I can share the gospel. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, and it's all about feeling the leading of the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know somebody when I was in seminary, we'd go out to eat and he was talking about, we'd go to Bojangles, you know, get some fried chicken. And he'd always look at the cash register and be like, Hey, do you want to end up like that fried chicken? You know, trying to share the gospel that way. I'm like, I, I enjoy your <laughs> way of doing, like, I enjoy your motivation, but it's like, man, that's not the best way to do it. Yeah, no. Maybe not the best. Approach. Yeah. 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 Right yeah. heart, wrong right method. heart. Yep. Right, right heart, wrong yeah. method, you know? Um, but yeah, we just need to be looking, following God's calling. So we're, so that we're willing. Yeah. And I think you kind of said it, Marcus, if we, there will be people who they are not willing. Mm-hmm. That's not on us. Yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes we take it personal, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And so, because we're afraid of being hit personally by it, we don't share it's fear. Fear would be yep. one thing that, yep. and I think if we realize it's not really on us, if they don't accept it, God said some won't. But the question is, did I share? Like God put it on my heart to share. If I did, I'm not responsible for their response. I'm just responsible to share. And when I finally learned that myself, it helped me to be more relaxed in sharing the gospel. Yeah. And I found when I was more relaxed, they were more relaxed. Yeah. yeah. I remember, uh, um, and I've, I use it with our students. Um, when I was in middle school, uh, we had a, uh, one of our youth leaders asked, uh, who is the one person in your school that you don't think would ever become a, a Christian? Um, and we were, a lot of us were in the same school and we all had the same person. Um, and uh, the, we wrote the name down and whatnot. And then uh, she asked, why, do you th- why don't you think they would ever become a Christian? And we came with all these excuses. And uh, the next question she asked is, well, have you ever shared the gospel with them? And none of us said yes. Mm -hmm. And she was like, 
well, how can he if nobody shares the gospel with him? And that's always stuck with me. Um, and I challenge our students with that. You know, what is one person that you don't think at your school or, you know, uh, would in your grade that would come to know Christ? And then I ask, well, have you shared? Have you done? Yeah. Because if not, then you don't know if you'll ever become. Yeah, yeah. That's not your choice. Your 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 choice is to either give them the gospel or not give them the gospel. Hopefully, it is to give the gospel. Right. Yes, yeah. that's good. That's what Roman ten talks about. Exactly. They believe if they haven't heard. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's our job to share, not yep. to, to reap the rewards. And I think we we try to use the uh, well. If I don't share, so and so will do it. Oh yeah. Well, no, no. You go ahead and take the initiative and do it. If they share again, that's that's twice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I forget the stats of how many times like there's an accident that happens on the road and it never gets called in because everybody driving by is like, oh, well, somebody's already done it. Somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a crazy percentage. I don't even remember. Like I said, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I know it's way above 50% that it's, you know, people just think, oh, well, somebody else will do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you think about that principle in scripture of planting a seed and watering it. And so even if you share and I share and you share and this person and, and, God will use that. We were talking about the Muslims where we were. They said on average, it would take a Muslim from the first time hearing the gospel. It would take them two years to make a commitment to Christ. It would take them that long to process it and count the cost. Two years. That's a long but time. People yeah. 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 People faithfully sharing and watering the sea. Yeah. And I think, it. you know, I remember uh, years ago, um, a movie Woodlawn came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I remember it was talking about love. And the pastor was preaching. One line that I was always stuck with me is, um, "If you only show love to the, the that sh- if you only show love to the people that show love back, back to you, what kind of love is that?" Um, <laughs> That's. And, uh, I mean, Jesus talks about that exactly. Yeah. And uh, and when we choose not to share the gospel for whatever reason, we are choosing to only love those or share the gospel we think are worthy of it. Um, and that's not what we're called to do. It is we are to share the gospel with everyone we come in contact with. We have no right and uh, no and no authority to say oh, yeah. this person does not deserve to hear the gospel. But yet we do it every single day, and it kind of breaks my heart. And I mean, and I'm there right there with you. I mean, I know um, there's times where I'm at Walmart or whatever, and I know God is telling me, "Hey, uh, well, not even God. I just know I need to go." Uh, Oh, it is God um, <laughs> to, to go share the gospel or to help this person. And I choose not to because I'm either in a rush or uh, I just ignore it and I just keep going. And it's, I get in my car and I'm like, man, I messed up. I messed up. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and I'm sure non-pastors have that same, same thing, but uh, we struggled just as much as everybody else does. Um, but that, that line uh, if you show love to those that only love you back, what kind of love is that? Um, has always stuck with me because, uh, you know, everybody deserves God's love. Yes. Um, not just those that I feel would give it back to me. Truth. So. Prayer request. Prayer request. Today's prayer request is that God would increase your awareness of the lost and your boldness in sharing Christ's love. Man, it's almost like this was meant to go together. Yeah. What? <laughs> I know. And. Our, a word from our sponsor. Sunday Cool is more than just a custom t-shirt company. Sunday Cool is a company that goes above and beyond to serve the servers, the people who devote their lives to ministry and serving others. Sunday Cool brings together the custom, coolest custom designs, a remarkable buying experience, constant engagement of clients with creative content. 
Oh, did we mention they provide the world's softest prints and the world's softest tees? Go say hi to Carl on sundaycool.com and make sure to choose Sunday Cool on your next order. And then today's life step is God never withholds his offer of salvation. People refuse to accept his offer of salvation. The scribes and Pharisees were only a heart change away from being called blessed. With God, it is never, I can't, it is always, I won't. Mm. It's a good word right there. Were you willing? Yeah. Well, for this Taco Tuesday, hope you guys can go enjoy a taco. Yeah. Um, But I've been Marcus. I've been Josh. I've been Ryan. Booyah. Booyah.